Hey WatchFam, Everett here. Those of you who've been paying attention will know that Andrew's gone on a vacation, a government vacation. Uh, so we're going to give you this week an episode that we recorded back on December 17th. There's some chance that some information may be outdated, but I think that it's a pretty fun episode and I hope you guys enjoy. Looking forward to getting back to regular programming in a couple weeks. Hello fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Thanks for joining us. Everett, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm feeling a little warm. It's, uh, you know, obviously winter. It's pretty cold here, and I've been uh, I've been layering. I love this part of the year where, like, you're just... You're just layering up, getting cozy, sweatshirts, wool socks. And one of the things I do before we before we record is I uh, use like Vicks mento rub on my chest. And so I've got like a long, long sleeve t-shirt on. I've got a flannel shirt over that. I've got Vicks on my chest, which gives you that sort of cool heat. Mm-hmm. So I feel like really wintry and, and warm. And uh, so outside of not being able to find my show notes... Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm <laughs> yeah, but we got that. We found them. We found them. We found them. You, you know, gosh, uh, I'm a I'm a stacker. Uh, I'm a, I'm a I think oh, my you're two. <laughs> <laughs> I, my mom, I think she says you're a setter and not a placer. Oh, that's a good way to phrase it. I, I set things places instead of placing things places. I'll be appropriating that. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I, you know, you walk through the horizontal surfaces of my house and many of them are loaded with things. Uh, I'm responsible for part of it. You know, we have beer bottles and a coffee mug and right. You know, <laughs> right. My things, but And so I mean, I wouldn't say we're we're hoarders. We're we're certainly not. I mean, no one's going to be interested in the episode of hoarders on us cuz uh, we're we're not like that, but certainly there are more surfaces in my house than I'm comfortable with that have a pile. You know, w- whether it's the mail for the week or you know, shit, the month sometimes. Yeah. Or because we get so much damn junk mail. Oh my gosh! And you don't want to just throw it away. I don't know why. Why mentally? I, that should stuff should not even come in the house. Take that shit to the recycling bin. My mailbox is right next to my recycling bin, but it, I still bring it inside. It still comes inside. Why do we do that? I don't know. And then it sits on the counter for a week or two or 12. Mine mine moves from, so we have a table right by our front door. When mm-hmm. you come, you've been in my house. You come in, there's there's the table with the lamp and the key bowl. And about once a month, we do our purge. But unfortunately, in that interim, the mail moves from there next to the key bowl and then moves to the kitchen table. It's and we have, we, I made, it's got a life cycle. Yeah. Well, and I, and I made this, I made this kitchen table. It's the probably, metamorphosis of the I think it's, junk mail. I think it's like an eight foot long dining table. Yeah. Which is great. It, uh, it, it takes real nice pictures. It does. But um, we also, we don't need eight feet of dining room table for us. There's three of us. I'm sure Mark loves it. Oh yeah, he does. But the issue is it creates a lot of horizontal space to, 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 to set things set things and it takes like we, we're at about a monthly cycle where all the horizontal surfaces in our home have become have, have reached critical mass 
and either one of two things happens like i go into a tantrum clean about two days ahead of our normal <laughs> life cycle of things and i just that's such up, a relatable idea the tantrum clean. oh my gosh and and my, my wife sees it she like i'm like i get to pacing or like she comes home and I just look up and I'm I'm throwing stuff in the garbage like I've got everything stacked out and organized like to to then unfortunately I call it mess relocating yeah we, oh, we yeah. take it to our pit room which which could be and is so close to being in an office but for mess relocating sure. everything just gets stacked together like i don't want to see this shit and it just it lands in there it's modestly organized but not uh, in a functional sense yeah yeah that, yeah. yeah i think that's <clears throat> that's that's a reasonable way to describe it but that the horizontal surfaces is always a pet peeve of mine and it's a pet peeve of my wife's too but over the course of life horizontal surfaces are just so convenient to set things down on totally and we as a result have a similar issue where, and I'm, I'm very, uh, very routine based and habit based. Like I'm a, I'm a pure creature of habit. So my organization system makes perfect sense to me and to me alone. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that creates tension when you're trying to clean too, because. Or find shit. Yeah. 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 No, I'm the same. I'm the same way. So we actually wound up having to, the kids have a, a art table in our house. And for, for a number of reasons, we, we, placed the art table in our sort of front room i've got a pretty pretty big front room so this is a great room it's a great room yeah, yeah i guess that's what you'd call it um but the the size of it uh and our sort of general inclination to be co-located in the house when we're when we're goofing around or whatever um means that we set up this art table for the kids in the front room uh for for better or worse but it is it just wound up being a storage location for their various art projects and 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 really not functional so i spent uh about two hours i think yesterday you know a making sure that i wasn't going to throw away anything that would have been devastating to the kids or to my wife you know an art project or a school project um because i'm more inclined to just say well that's that's pretty let's let's recycle that now it's at the bottom of the pile means you haven't seen it in a while it's gone it's gone that's right uh and and, you know kim is too but i think there's some things you want to preserve you you don't want to lose those memories uh and and i feel the same way but but there's a there's a fine line between just keeping you know between hoarding stuff so we try to be selective but so we end up spending about two hours you know organizing that stuff keeping the stuff we want get rid of the rest um, but also, you know, every birthday you get like a hundred markers, marking pens. Yeah. 10,000 maybe. Right. <laughs> so, it, you know, without opening each one and, and sort of writing with it, just sort of trying to consolidate what we have and get rid of some stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's, I, I mean, it's this really liberating feeling to to do that, to run through that process. But what happened is I lost my show notes, but I, I found them. Yeah. Here they are. Here we go. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about uh, a, a subject that I think is pretty near and dear to Andrew and I, but digital watches. Yeah. Digital watches. Affordable digital watches. And the nice thing about digital watches is a lot of them are affordable. I'd venture to say most. Most. Yeah, I think that's right. And they're going to keep good time. So they're obviously a quartz movement. And I think people frequently look down on digitals. Like they're not 
they're not watch enough. It doesn't feel like a, it doesn't feel like a, a collector's watch. Most digital watches don't. I mean, with with a few with a few really notable exceptions, I think you're not seeing a lot of high end digital stuff or collector no and, and collection worthy digital stuff. You, you know, I will say, G Shock makes a digital watch that is as good as anything out there in the world. And there are a lot of people that collect just digitals. And I, I think by and large, most watch collectors give G-Shock a nod. We're not going to talk about G-Shock, any G-Shocks today, I don't think, right? Not to, I don't have any on my list. And that's not because we don't love G-Shock. I think both of us have a soft spot for G-Shock watches. Um, but it, it, I think the G-Shock probably deserves its own episode and, and we'll probably give it that treatment at some point in the future. But for, for today's purposes, we're, we're not going to talk about those. No, we're just going to talk about a handful of digitals that we've either owned currently own or wish we owned um and give a give a nod to um to some digital watches because i i i like them i think they're cool i think you get a lot of cool features out of digital watches that you're not gonna get out of out of non-digital watches um and i feel like they all have such a unique a unique personality just a unique character to them yeah uh, that i like that i enjoy uh, and there's you know there's the there's a very fair argument that there's not the the craftsmanship or the artisanship that goes into them uh, to, to some degree. Um, but I think it's just a different, different category of, of watches that there's no shame in liking them, wearing them, wanting them and enjoying them. They, they have a place. Uh, I will say in preparing for this episode, w- one of the challenges that was posed to us from good friend of the show, uh, watch you seek user oversteer uh, was you know, you're going to come up with a bunch of Casios. You're going to come up with Timex. But outside of that, uh, it, there's really slim pickings. And he kind of challenged us to to go outside of that. And I will say, we, we, I think we both tried. But at the end yeah. of the day, Casio and Timex make... 95% of these things that are that are out there and so much diversity in them too. So much diversity. Yeah. So so I mean a the inclination to go outside of there is maybe a little bit artificial in that I, I want to know about things I haven't heard of. But but b um I, I'm not sure you need to do it uh unless you really really are motivated to get outside of those two ecosystems. But I'm cool with those ecosystems. I am too. Yeah, by and large. I I know I know we do have some options that are outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we start? Yeah. What do you got, man? First up, Casio F ninety one. F ninety one, and you've got you've got a. Your... I've got one sitting here in front of us. It's the F ninety one W with the silver, uh, the silver case. What do you think this thing weighs? I mean, I bet we could six ounces. Six ounces? No way. Weighs, think... It weighs next to nothing, man. What? Next to nothing? No, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it weighs <clears throat> less than that. Does Amazon tell us what this thing weighs? Uh, it it doesn't. I mean, I I, I bet this thing weighs. Weighs less than that. I, I I would be surprised if it weighed an ounce. I mean, with without that strap on it, it it weighs absolutely next to nothing. You can you can put it on and forget that you're wearing it. Um, and yeah, I, it's it's feather light. I really dig it. I I picked it up uh, on a whim. Honestly, I was I was at the store for a wholly other purpose. <laughs> what were you shopping for? I remember you Christmas texting. lights. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the uh, the jewelry section was on the way to the Christmas light section and I picked it up and I was like, well, I mean, I've been thinking about one of these. I like it. Uh, it's 15 bucks. I like 12 bucks. I think, I mean, it was, I mean, cheap. And I think that's, I, I, I would typically hesitate to use the word cheap and use the word inexpensive instead, but it's cheap. No, it's cheap. Yeah, that's right. And it is a cool looking watch. 
uh, it's like a, a very retro looking watch. Uh, the cool thing about the F91 is that it's never changed. It's never really changed price. It's never it's never gone through design overhauls. It's it's it is what it is. And, and these it, were like twelve bucks when they came out in eighty seven or whatever, right? Yeah, like the the, the they've not they've not increased in price with inflation of everything else in in the marketplace, and they're globally ubiquitous. I mean, I. I a good example is that there is a picture of Barack Obama before he was president wearing an F91 and Osama bin Laden wearing one. Like that's that's the the reach that this watch has had. Uh, and it is a I think a really important piece of watch history mm-hmm. and is something that I I like wearing and because it's so cheap, I don't care what I do when I'm wearing it. I put Christmas lights up in it. I cooking it i don't shower in it because i typically just i i don't wear watches when i shower typically um but it's it's a a stocking stuffer watch it's a you know non-watch people i think are gonna look at it and laugh and make fun of it right um, because it it's not gonna feel special enough for them no it just it looks super funky and cheap it looks straight out of the 80s uh and i i mean i bet if you were to go back to look to watch 80s movies you're gonna find an f91 and most of them. Man, I, I, gotta, I gotta say, this beer you brought. <laughs> so, uh, some of you guys might know, Andrew is a professional uh, seller of beer. That's what I do for money. He works for a company, Anheuser-Busch, right? Mm-hmm. You can say that. Yeah. Which is a German company. No. <laughs> no. It is, right? It's Brazilian. Is it Brazilian? Is Anheuser-Busch. It okay, I was, thinking, I was thinking German. Brazilian. Uh, which is funny a little bit, because I think Budweiser feels very america but it's now Brazilian on. Uh, but he, he brought this over, this Budweiser Copper Lager Jim Beam. And he was, it says, aged on real barrel staves. So is it, it's aged with Jim Beam barrel? Yeah, wood. it's a collaboration between Anheuser-Busch and Jim Beam. Uh, I believe the brewers just bought a bunch of Jim Beam barrels and chipped them and aged this beer on them. Well, you were telling me about it, and it sounds a little like, I don't know, gimmicky or whatever. Sticky, yeah. Sticky. I took one drink of this stuff and was like, holy cow. Uh, I don't know what it is about this. This is really delicious. It's good. It. I mean, I've always, I've described it as pretty okay. I bought it. I mean, and I think that's a that's a big indicator. I get a lot of beer for free uh, and I've, I've purchased this you beer. You paid cash for this? Uh, no, not this one. But, okay. <laughs> but I've, I've bought it before. Oh, you have bought it before. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it's got a, I, I described the flavor as chocolate chip cookie flavor to it. Uh, which I don't think is going to be appealing to everybody, a chocolate chip cookie flavored beer. And I will say it does not taste like chocolate chip cookies, but there's something about it's got like a caramel flavor or something to it. It's a copper lager aged on oak barrels. So you're getting a little bit of that, uh, just like a little bit of that oaky, dark whiskey flavor. Um, the copper lagers in and of themselves are a little bit a little bit sweeter. I mean, bro, it's blowing my mind. It's a it's a good drinking beer. Delicious. And I like the I like the stubby barrel bottles. What do you call that? Just the stubby bottles. A stubby, yeah. yeah. Like like what you get session in or Coors Banquet. I mean, it reminds me of uh, beer beer. Did you ever have beer beer back in the day? As these like I think they were ten ounce, hmm. like generic. It just said the the label of them just said beer. I've uh, I've seen uh, Kirkland's uh, Kirkland brand beer. They have a. a lager that they sell and it's just kirkland light lager and they sell it in like a 30 pack and i've always been tempted to buy it i never have obviously because otherwise you, you I think it's just miller light 
That's probably not Miller Lite. It's probably a, it's probably just a lager, not a Pilsner. But I've always been been very tempted to buy it and just see what see what they're doing. It's it's not it's probably not bad. It's like twenty bucks for a thirty pack, maybe. I mean, I've never had any Costco branded anything, Kirkland branded anything that wasn't better than anything else you can get at the same price. Yeah, I mean, Kirkland has a has a craft variety pack that's also pretty good. Have you heard the story about Kirkland's tuna fish? How it came to be? No. So, and I'm going to mess up some of the details. So, if there's any Kirkland experts out there, feel free to to send in our corrections. Uh, but Kirkland was looking to Costco was looking to make a Kirkland branded tuna fish, and I think they reached out to both. Uh, what are the two big brands? Starkist and uh, it's, I want to say it's Honey. Nope. B something B B yeah B Bumblebee or Bumblebee, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I they reached out to those two brands and had them send in samples. And I think they both sent in samples that Kirkland rejected. Hmm. And so reject, so asked for more samples. They sent in more samples, which were their like top of the line labeled Starkist or Bumblebee tuna. And Kirkland Costco rejected those as well and said, we want higher quality. So I want to say that it was Starkist. Uh, made a higher level of tuna that's the tuna fish, you know, canned tuna mm-hmm. fish, just tin canned tuna fish, and sent it to Costco. And that's what Kirkland uses for their Kirkland label tuna fish. So if you go to Safeway and buy Starkist tuna or Bumblebee tuna, it's not as high quality as what you'd get from Kirkland labeled tuna fish. And that's the approach that costco or at least this has been many years ago now but that at least at the time that was the approach that costco was taking to its labeled products which to me is a testament and and, it, and i've experienced that as well I'm not pitching to kirkland or i guess i am a little bit uh, but we've just had such good experience with their products and i think that story maybe it's not you know it, it could that sounds a little bit myth mythological to me but a little bit i think it's a testament to what they do you, you know that they're making really good products they're competing they're not usually cheaper i don't think that thing is kirkland tuna is cheaper nothing kirkland is especially inexpensive relative to its competitor brands but it's just good mm-hmm. it's just good you're getting good stuff so we we shop at we shop at kirkland uh all, all the time or costco all the time and we buy a lot of kirkland products that, that work for us so i'm sorry dude where were we <laughs> <laughs> you guys gave me that look <laughs> yeah so uh, i guess we could move on f91 that's where where we were i don't know it's where we were on it yeah it's a it's a good watch it's and it's i think if if you haven't owned one at any point as a watch person i'm a little surprised um but it's it's a great little digital watch to throw into your lineup well for me i think the benefit of a digital watch and this is going to be true i think of most of the watches that we talk about today but uh in part you know talking about the f91 the amount of things you can do with it it's got an alarm on it mm-hmm. it's got a uh a chronograph on it it's got 24 hour time or 12 hour time with a one button press transition it yeah you know you can find the date um you can i don't know if that one has multiple time zones that you can mm. okay no you have to adjust, you have to manually manipulate that time zone but the only the only two things that i'm not a huge fan of mm-hmm. the light number one the illumination on it is just a single light bulb that illuminates from one side. So it's a little bit funky. Where Where is the light? Oh, yeah, I see it. It's just, it's a little, it's, and at night, it's not a big deal. It's just a weird little, little bit to it. Does it light, I mean, does it light it up enough that you can <clears throat> enough see Enough that you it? can read it, absolutely. If you wake up in the middle of the night? Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's it's enough that 
it does its job. It's just a little funky. And then number two <laughs> was putting this thing on, taking the 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 plastic strap off of it and putting it on. I put it on a a nylon cheap NATO. It was a was a pain. Oh yeah. Um, the, it's got a steel. It, it's a steel band, isn't it? No, not on this. Oh, okay. It was. It's just like a cheap plastic strap. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it's it's got pass through uh, locking bars. Um that you press out and it's a, a complete right angle in that in that housing to get the the strap in so what i had to do was pull the bar out push it just slightly in wiggle the strap underneath it and then slide it closed which which is nice it doesn't slide around on the on the strap at all but it was just it was not what i'd refer to as a pass through at that point no it was it was certainly a challenge to get it on there um it was probably probably 10 minutes yeah but once it's on it's on i, I won't take this nato off until it rots off right um, and it's nylon so it's going to be there forever yeah and it it looks good on it 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 really it looks like a watch that was designed to be on a nylon strap as opposed to that really cheap plastic um not cheap plastic strap uh that it came on but i, I agree I, you know i think this this is a good candidate for a bobbed what i'm going to call a bobbed nato where you cut the the second piece of fabric off i don't I don't know that you need to but it seems like a good candidate for that a good nato candidate for it for sure yeah. i mean because this is a, a inexpensive nato mm-hmm. uh and and it, i think it would lend itself well to the overall thinness and, and lightness and smallness of the watch yeah but a, a a good a good digital option as we as you're dipping your toes into digital watches um if you're not particularly a watch person and you're looking for a watch that you can abuse and not feel bad about and if it doesn't survive it shucks you go to walmart and pick a new one up this is a good option for you totally yeah I and mean, we've talked about this guy in the past too you, you know uh i'm a at least before i was before i was a a, a watch guy i i was the the type of watch wearer who'd put put a watch on and, and and keep it on 24 hours a day seven days a week and not ever taking it off unless maybe i'm lifting weights or something but you know that would be my only concern about that is that the water resistance wouldn't be enough but even i mean as long as it could as i could get in and out of the shower with it and not have it break i I think it would be great for that that would be a major deal breaker for me if you couldn't wear that thing in the shower i'm pretty sure you can i think you could it's got the water resist on here now there are some folks it does say wr right on the watch dial yeah yeah and it (laughs) and and water resist it's got them both just to make sure that you know um how's the alarm haven't tried it don't like it don't like alarms so yeah. haven't tried it you know but the beeps are noticeable they are noticeable oh yeah yeah that's the only time i've ever used a watch alarm really regularly was at uh like an army training right if i just rely on other people waking me up in that environment right <laughs> that's true that works i was i was like to be up about five minutes before everybody else especially if you're you need to be but yeah, yeah. I just rely on other people all right good um now there are people who do what's called hydro modding to this this watch yeah, tell me about that uh, i haven't done a whole lot of research into it um but my understanding of it is that the the watch is basically filled with oil like like olive oil from what i read uh just briefly and what it does is it increases the uh it increases the legibility of the screen and it makes it more water resistant uh, okay and i i'm not smart enough to understand exactly why but 
kind of intriguing i might i might try it with this one just to see how do you do it you just take the case back off and fill it i think so i haven't i haven't watched any tutorial videos on it i saw it just briefly in passing i was like hydro modding i saw an article that said a hydro modded one of these went to like 900 feet or something and survived and um i mean i would be intrigued to watch a video about that um but it's definitely something i'm gonna look into a little bit further A, a cool little mod that takes this $12 $12 watch and makes it just a little bit cooler, a little bit more unique. Um, and um, frankly, the the legibility on the screen is perfectly fine as it is. It's fine, yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine how much better it's going to get, but worth looking into for me at least. I wonder if it makes the light better too. <laughs> Maybe. I, I'm, the oil might grab the light a little bit better, make the loom a little fuller. So I guess that whatever oil you're using is non-conductive, so it's not shorting. Yeah. All right. Well, that, well now we need to know more. You, you've intrigued me. You've intrigued me. Yeah. All right. What we got next? Next one I have. So this is, so I've actually got a series, uh, or, or a couple of my choices today are not, uh, are not available new. Uh, and this first one that I'm going to talk about is a watch that I own. Uh, you may have seen it pop up on the Instagram from time to time. And I think we've probably talked about it on the show as well, but this is the Casio AMW 320. And this is a watch that's changed over the years, but but it has basically looked the same. This is the the kindergarten cop watch, is what I call this thing. This is the watch that Arnold Schwarzenegger famously wore in Kindergarten Cop. Uh, there's also some. There's also a picture of Denzel Washington posing uh, very thoughtfully with his hand on his chin. <laughs> it must have been a product shot because it's such a ridiculous posture. Uh, I don't know if Denzel wore these things. I'm going to say he did, just because it makes me feel good to own. He did in that picture. He did. Right, right. And, and, you know, Denzel Washington and Arnold Schwarzenegger in my head, I don't know if they've ever been in a movie together, but they're always connected uh, in my head because of the famous oh. salt and pepper line, body like Arnold and a Denzel face. Mm. Yeah, the perfect man. What a man, right? Anyway. <laughs> salt and pepper. <laughs> Call back. Uh, so this watch is a very old school watch. I mean, it doesn't even have... I, I've got mine here. Where is it? It doesn't even have a light. Uh, you, you know, there's no illumination at all. It, it is an analog, it, it is an analog timekeeper. So it's an anadigi. An anadigi. Yeah, right. I, I like that phrase. Uh, so it's got a, a regular three hand module. In addition to that, it's got a digital readout at the bottom, which you, you can re- put all sorts of stuff on there. I, I, I use that sometimes for 24 hour time, depending on, on what I'm doing. Sometimes I use it for a second time zone. If I'm, if I'm, Oh, they work independently? Uh, they do, yeah. yeah. In, in That's fact, a nice feature. The f- the 24-hour time module works independently, so you can have your second time zone 24 or 12-hour time, and I think it actually keeps three different time zones. Um, it's got the date, it's got a stopwatch, it's got an alarm. I mean, I, I think that's every complication that I can think of that would be useful to me besides maybe a moon phase. Not that a moon phase is, is useful, but uh, I might think that's cool. That's the only thing on here that I think would be cool in terms of complication that that doesn't that that, that isn't contained in this watch. Um, the loom is terrible. I think you probably get about an hour and a half to two hours of legibility. Is that a function of age of the loom or just a, just poor loom? No, this is a new watch. I mean, I, I bought this thing. This was a store model. This is the most current iteration. And th- these have been discontinued. I don't think you can buy them at all new anymore. You can still get them on eBay, brand new, inbox for 
under a hundred bucks. Um, used, you can pick them up for fifty to seventy-five. Usually, um, it's a big watch. It's a big watch. I think it's my biggest watch. It's forty-five millimeters. It, it's it's pretty low profile, but the lugs are fairly long. So uh, it doesn't look big, though. That's I think that's an interesting part of it. Is it is it? I don't. I haven't worn it, but I don't know if it wears big. But it doesn't look gaudy or. Um, <clears throat> you know it, it it wears pretty big uh i will say i will say that you, you know in in defense uh, in defense of this watch i love it however it, it wears pretty big 46 is what i'm seeing here it's got 22 millimeter lugs uh obviously mineral glass it, this isn't a fancy watch there's nothing fancy about it it's got a it's got a steel bezel it's a 60 click two direction thing it's not nice the the bezel insert is the least usable insert I own. Um, you know, whatever. It looks cool. I like the way it looks. I mean, really, that's why I'm wearing this watch. Um, it, and that's why we wear any watch. That's right. The the grab-and-go ability of it is is great. Uh, it, it, it's aesthetically pleasing. All brushed on the top. So the bezel's brushed. The, the top face of the case is is what I'd call radial brush. Is that right? It's brushed in a circle. Yeah. Um, the case sides are polished, and it's a nice polish. Um, the crown, the crown is polished. Every everything on the sides is polished, all the way brushed on the top. So you get some nice uh, variation in surfaces. the The bezel's a little funky, and I don't think this is an original design. I think that Casio was aping a Seiko design at the time with this thing. Uh, which which probably isn't surprising. Uh, there's a a mid size Seiko quartz diver that's got the same coloration. Um, it's a little bit smaller. I think it's about forty millimeters. Patrick Marlet actually talked about that watch recently on his "Don't Buy an SKX" YouTube mm. video that was a little controversial. I think he's right about everything he said. Um, but he talked about that the Seiko version of of this. You you know, and they look remarkably similar. Uh, I'll put, we'll put a link to both of them in the show notes, uh, but it's just cool. It's and it's got that Annie Digi thing, which is attractive to me. I really dig it. I like the uh, the multi time zone keeping the the independent times that it can keep multiple. That's a that's a nice function for for a good price. I for mean, a good price, when yeah, you start looking at, at GMT watches, that. Not to say that's a GMT, but I mean it's serving the same function. Well, I mean you get that same function, I think, with any G-Shock yeah. or or any sort of Iron Man. Well, you don't because you don't have the analog, mm-hmm. that analog feature. So I guess yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. You get totally independent. The digital module and the analog module are totally independent of one another. Some oftentimes mine aren't synced. You know, it'll say, <laughs> you know, 12... oh, does one keep time better? I don't know. I don't know. Um... I just know that sometimes I'm not precise with the way I set them. You know, if if I go into daylight savings time or whatever, I'll set the analog hands and maybe forget to set the digital. And then mm. so one of them will say, you know, twelve twenty eight, and the other one might say twelve thirty two or or whatever. So I I don't know. That's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to it. If I would, they, I would think they keep the same time because they're running off of the same. That's it. I'm intrigued now. Yeah, me too. We yeah, could, interesting. We could, we could take a rabbit hole right down this. <laughs> what else do you got? What's your next watch? Uh, next up, next, the Timex Ironman. Uh, and I have, I, I, I've had this watch for a long time and going through the Timex catalog, this is the one that looks right. The Ironman original 30 shock full size with the resin strap. I, 
I, item number item number TK item number T5K1959J is what this is coming up on Amazon. Yeah, and I I think that's it. Everything everything looks right. It, this the one that's up looks a little bit just a little bit updated, but this watch has gone through some abuse. Uh-huh. Uh and it has it's I mean it's got funk worked into the into the strap and around the the case back and it it's I mean another one of those options that if you want to buy a watch that you're not scared to destroy for different reason than the F91 you're not scared to destroy the F91 because it's so inexpensive you're not scared to destroy this this watch because I don't know if you can it I've I've put this thing through the absolute ringer and it has prevailed I mean it, early on I talked about liking the EcoDrive cuz I didn't have to change the batteries right and I'm I'm now okay with changing batteries but this is the only sport watch type watch that i've had that i have put the effort in to change the battery in it's super readable it it's just a it's a really great most of the time purpose watch i i I mean we've both worn iron man i i've had a a different version of that and i and i don't i don't know what it is and it doesn't matter um uh a version of this Timex Iron Man that I've worn, I've had three different versions of them or, or three different copies of the same watch that I, it was my, the only watch I wore for probably about five years of my life. Wore it every day. Like I said, that daily 24 seven where swam with it, uh, swam with, swam with it, showered with it. Uh, all the things that you would ever do with a watch uh, or, or in life with that thing strapped to my wrist haven't had a single failure where i do get failures is in the strap uh the the lug connection and and yours is obviously holding up i I think that um that is a weak point of that is a weak point of these watches um but outside of that you you know it's bulletproof you you know you're gonna scratch it it's gonna get damaged right because it's this painted resin case uh so it's gonna take wear um over time but it wears it. It wears the patina really well, and you can do anything, anything that you want to do in terms of timekeeping. You know, short of something really, really sort of specific, you're going to be able to do with this. You're going to be able to time your your food at night. You're going to be able to time your sleep if that's something you want to do. Lap um, times, anything. drive times, anything. It's it's a, a really reliable, really resilient watch and even with i mean it when you catch the light just right on the on the uh the cover it's covered in scratches but it does not affect the visibility or readability of this watch and it's got the great indiglo function um yes indiglo let's talk about it because there's no better illumination i know we've talked about indiglo before on the show and and i've i've actually written about that functionality it is the best way to see time at night. In it absolutely globe. is. Timex has, and they've got they've got a, a a real hold on that technology. And I don't know if if that's a legal thing or whatever. Nobody else is doing that. It's the best. If you want to be able to see time at night reliably, uh, and and having a green light on your wrist is not a problem, and it can be in certain circumstances. But if that's not a problem, there is no better way to see what time it is in the middle of the night. No. And this watch obviously isn't for all occasions. This is an everyday, normal life watch where it's going to get banged up. It's going to get used. You don't have to worry about taking it off to mow the lawn, clean the gutters, swing a hammer. 
it's a it's a chunky slick willy won war of them and war, war an iron man in the white house man okay famously yeah you're right yeah so i'm wrong B- B- bill clinton <clears throat> yeah he he did he did it he i think famously wore a timex iron man it, in the in the white house it, this watch will always have like the, the day this watch dies will will probably be an emotionally challenging day for me because it's been <laughs> it's been with me through through a a lot of years i think yeah. i probably had this watch seven years yeah. and it's a it's taken uh it's taken its knots yeah and it is still kicking uh the indiglo still works great it doesn't i don't know if indiglo is known to lose its lose its strength over time i don't think so i mean i've not that's not something i've ever experienced uh, but every the the buttons are the buttons and the the paint are a little bit harder to read because it's just worn off. But I think it's a testament to the durability of this watch. And if you're looking for a sport watch, if you're looking for something that you just that you don't really care how it looks because it's not a especially attractive watch, but it's a it's a sport watch. Yeah, it's well, and I'll I'll say that you you know that I, I think the watch nerd probably tends towards a, a Casio G Shock, a DW fifty six hundred maybe, or or you know one of the round one of the round G Shocks. I think this watch is significantly more comfortable than a DW fifty six hundred. Even the buttons are easier to push. Look, don't get me wrong, DW fifty six hundred is a cool watch. It's cool, way cooler than this. Yep, but they're a pain in the ass. The buttons are uncomfortable. They're hard to push. Um, they're uh. They're just not as comfortable to wear, in my mind. I, I can run in this and feel like it's not there. Mm-hmm. Versus a DW fifty six hundred, it's clunky. It's harder plastic. It doesn't. Ju- it just doesn't mold to your wrist. No, well. this this is an extremely comfortable strap. Super comfortable. Yeah, it's it's soft, but it's got r- like very real structure to it, and and easy to do all the things you want to do. All those buttons are easy to push. Yep. Um. You you, you know. Maybe sometimes too easy. I don't know. That that's a, a feature of the G Shocks that they're they're not really prone to environmental, you know, and, or incidental pushing of the buttons. Uh, but that that takes a toll on your fingertips. I've never experienced incidental pushing. There you go. You wear it here. Yeah, I I like it. I dig it. I dig it. It's a it's a great option. It gets regularly worn. And I'm never worried about what's going to happen to it. You know, at really similar price points, that versus the DW5600. I think if I want to look cool, I'll probably take the DW5600 because I think it is maybe just, in my mind at least, a little bit cooler. Watch person cooler, though. That's right. If I want a functional watch, I'm picking that every time. If if I'm interested in a watch to do what it needs to do, I'm picking that every time. If, If, for instance, I'm deploying overseas... I'm going to take that versus the DW5600, I think. Yeah. Or if I'm swinging a hammer and and doing a renovation in my house. Totally. This is the watch that's going to be on my wrist. Now, I will say the the DW5600 has, or, you know, G-Shock in general has probably conducted more research than than just about any other company in the world on, on how to make a really shockproof watch. I think if if you're going to... Shit, I don't know what circumstances you need that. I, this is, I, I know shock resistance, and it, when we obviously have not done any sort of testing or, or anything even close to testing to, to compare these two. M- my gut is the G-Shocks are probably a little better in that regard. I would be astonished if that watch broke because of some environmental shock in everyday average, even very hardware. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've put it through the ringer, and here it sits. As we do. Yeah. As we do. All right. What's up next? 
So this is a watch a little bit more expensive uh, than the things we've been talking about uh, and, and maybe a little bit tricky to find. I don't think it's particularly tricky to find, uh, but this is the new... I mean, it's on Amazon. Right. So this one uh, uh, is is on Amazon. There's a few iterations of this. This is the new-ish Seiko Prospects Fieldmaster. This is a watch that's made in conjunction with uh, a, a designer or a company called Lowercase. I know nothing about them, so I won't talk about them. The, the reference I have pulled up here is the SBEP005. I hear these watches get referred to as the Digituna, and that's probably what I would call it as well the seiko digi tuna sure what it looks like yeah it's a digital tuna seiko uh if you had a analog dive watch on here you just call it a tuna Uh, but this is a full featured digital watch in a tuna case with a I, i think this is an ion plated platinum shroud not platinum (laughs) <laughs> Woo! <laughs> ion plated titanium shroud uh so it's gonna take a licking i've pulled up the 005 which is all black uh black ion plating with gold pushers and gold text on the and it looks great on the dial fuck man it looks so cool i love it i love it you, you know this is a big watch it's a tuna so it's a big watch but like all tunas it's got non-existent lugs mm-hmm uh or or at least non-extending non-existent ex- lug extension as absolutely minimal as it can be and still have a have a lug to push so i think the lug to lug on this i'm not seeing a stat on it and i don't really care what this what the numbers are i think it's about a four, 49 or 50 lug to lug mm-hmm. profile and a 49 or four, it says 49.9 i think it's 50 by 50 basically it is your overall dimension so it's going to wear wide on your wrist but it's also not going to work particularly long, what I'd call the vertical dimension. Horizontal? Hor- I would think horizontal would be like elbow to knuckle. And okay. vertical would be... Wrist to wrist. Yeah, side of your wrist to side of your wrist. So either way, it's it's not... The lug to lug, the relative lug to lug on this, which is about the same as the case width, I think is going to make this thing wear very nice. And in fact, when we hooked up with a guy recently that had a modded, gosh, what was it? Oh my gosh. I wish I could remember because it was in a tuna case. It was in a tuna case, but it had been modded. Oh, I know what it was. It was an SRP 777 but that had been custom modded by a fellow who who takes modern Seikos and, and fits them to shrouds. He, he machines the case and, and fits a shroud on them. Uh, and, and this, so it wound up having this pretty big 48 or 49 Mm-hmm. millimeter case width dimension but because it had that original srp lug to lug it wore really good on the wrist i, I think you're going to find something similar so this is not going to be a small watch no it's going to be a big watch and it's it's going to be another banger watch and totally wearable mm-hmm. is in my mind it's probably going to be totally wearable um and it's seiko prospect so you're going to have 200 meters of water resistance shock resistance you're going to have all the good stuff you want uh, it does have a silicone band, but it's one of these Seiko silicone bands. It's going to be very nice, I'm guessing. They make uh, such great silicone bands. They're so comfortable. Totally. Totally. In fact, I don't remember what... We, we recently were goofing around with a vintage Seiko rubber. I don't think it was silicone. I think it was rubber. Mm-hmm. But a vintage Seiko rubber band, uh, rubber strap. I was like, God dang, this thing is freaking great. Uh the flexibility was was phenomenal. Um, 
yeah. A- anyway, th- so this thing's gonna be in that same sort of uh, that same sort of world. Uh, it- it's big, but super cool. I don't think there's been a digital watch that's come out in the last several years that I liked better than this. A- and obviously, this thing is aimed firmly at that higher end g-shock mudman frogman demographic you know that oh yeah it's ringing in at what 289 dollars yeah i think i think anywhere between between that 289 and maybe 300 or so or 350 or so is where these things are coming in they've got them in three they've got a pepsi version they've got a more traditional black and white or black and steel version and this is the the gold version i'd probably go for the gold version i i would too um, you, you know, obviously it's not going to be actual gold. It's going to be plated or, or, or PVD or something. I'm not sure what, and I don't care, but I dig it. I dig it. And, and I, I, we don't own it. So I don't know the functionality. I'm guessing it has every single digital function you'd ever want. Yeah. So if you don't mind, I'll probably take just, uh, I'll, I'll just blast through my last, my last option. Then we can get to your last one. Cause I actually really like your, your final option. This is a watch that came to us via, a uh, friend of the show, Watch You Seek user, Pete Worrell, I think is how you pronounce that. Maybe Pete Worrell. Um, this is, I think, the most expensive watch that we're going to talk about today. This is a watch from an American company called Luminox. Mm-hmm. American company, right? I don't know. Oh, I have it in my head they are, but now I'm doubting myself. From a company called Luminox. A company called Luminox. Maybe American, maybe some other. Some of their products are for sure. For, for, for sure in america for sure for sure you, you know i think about luminox as sort of the military focused mm-hmm. company i feel like a lot of their watches are really uh targeted at at service members or folks who are folks who are in a military environment or first responders or just t- tactical needed needs yeah that's that's right and they do a lot of tritium they're they're one of the one of the modern companies that incorporates tritium into their modern watches and i don't think you see a ton of that uh these days i can't think of a whole lot but <clears throat> and, and you know tritium versus you know luma bright you know standard loom i i think that there's some pluses and minuses for both of those and i i don't really have a strong opinion one or the other but this is the luminox 5421 x nope. nope 5241 this is the luminox 5241 X-Core or X-C-O-R aerospace anadigi titanium watch. Um, when I look at this watch, I think Breitling Aerospace. Yep. Um, and, and this is clearly targeting, at least targeting the same demographic. And, and I think it's possible that this watch is even an homage to that watch. You, you, you know, I've found these things at between 500 and 600 on eBay. Uh, I, I don't believe this watch is in manufacture anymore, but w- within that, I, I think pretty stinking cool for a titanium and a digi watch that looks the way this does, um, has has a really sort of aesthetically pleasing face. I, I really like the high contrast white and black dial, N- nothing. And stainless bezel. I, I really like that with only the... The only color on it is the is the numerals and and markers. Yeah. Everything else is is lo- what looks like a brushed 
uh, titanium. Yeah, and I, 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 I suspect that it's it's going to be super functional. It's not going to crack. It's not going to scratch the way mm-hmm. aluminum will. My experience with titanium watches, I, I've got that titanium Bertucci. Uh, titanium just wears differently than steel does. You know, it it, it wears in a more sort of I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, a je ne sais quoi. It's got a, yeah, a certain something. Uh, that's right. Uh, but it doesn't scratch the same way stainless does, you know, day-to-day wear. So my experience is that you're going to get a little bit different patina than you would with a steel watch. And and I know that they harden titanium in different ways or they play titanium in different ways. I, I don't know much about this watch except that it's freaking cool and the the font that they used for the dial versus the font they used for the bezel is a really cool contrast and i i really like that font it 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 really looks like a watch you'd see in space Mm. yeah that's right i mean it looks like i mean obviously this is targeted at someone who thinks jet airplanes are pretty cool you know just the whole styling it's got a little the logo has a little jet on it um you know, within within that, I, I feel like some some sometimes this stuff is a little silly. Um, is is this a watch for fighter pilots or or pilots of jets? I, I don't know. Uh, and does it have some functionality that's particularly useful in that setting? Or Maybe. is it just a watch for me? Right, <laughs> right. For me, when I want to feel like I'm gonna fly a jet airplane. Yeah, I I dig this watch. It's got the two. It's the Anadigi. It's got the same placement uh, digital readout as the as the Casio we talked about, and then it's got another reader on top that's showing you the the digital function that you're seeing at the, from from what we can glean from from reading about it is it's it's showing you what you're seeing in that second digital readout. It, yeah, I mean it's I I've looked at a number of of pictures of this online. I haven't done a ton of of in depth research, so maybe there's some usefulness to that second readout that that we're we don't know about. But in any event, I, I suspect this thing's going to be similar to the to to most of these other Anadigis we've talked about today in that it's going to do an alarm. It's going to do a chronograph. This was, has a one one hundred chronograph, which is is nice Precise. if you need some precision. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, you know, and and like with anything else, unless we've tried something, we're not going to be able to give you a really good idea uh, on how it works. I will say this watch is a, a little bit bigger than um, some of the other watches we've looked at. Uh, it is it's 45, 45 millimeters, so about the same size as the as the AMW three twenty in, in terms of width, but it's just bigger i mean it's just it looks bulkier it looks a little bit beefier um not as refined as the aerospace Air, uh, brightling aerospace the most mm-hmm. obvious comparison i can make uh n- not as refined n- not as as well cared for in, and deliberately so yeah i think it's meant to look like a tactical design it is pretty tactical 24 millimeters on the lugs which is that's a big strap. A big strap. Um, th- this this leather strap looks like it's pretty nice. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't know that it is nice, but it looks pretty nice. I'm not sure you'd want to change this thing. It, it, it fits really well with the with the dimensions of the case. But this one came in on a recommendation, and I thought, gosh, I've never even looked at that thing. Um, and, and I checked it out a little bit, and I was like, yeah, that's cool. I'll I'll, I'll give it a I'll give it a nod on the show. I wonder how the how you manipulate the digital functions. It's it's got to be it's because there's only one crown. There, there's no additional pushers that I can see. It 
Uh, it looks like it's all being manipulated through that um, through that single crown. It, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, which is which is an interesting thing all, all by itself. I, I don't. I, I think you're right. I don't see any buttons on it that make me think it, it could operate any other way. So cool looking watch. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. I'd I'd buy, I'd wear it. I'd buy it for six hundred bucks. I mean, it's not high on my list right now, but if you if you really wanted a Breitling Aerospace and and you were it was just outside of reach. I like this a lot better than the titanium Tissot T-Touch. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a watch you've looked at. I think they're not a particularly attractive watch. Not for me. I think this is a lot more attractive. This this fits in with my personal style a lot better. Uh, shit, though. If I if I had the money, I'd buy an Aerospace because that watch is super cool. And if you don't, this is a good this is a good, uh, good one to look at. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm excited to talk about your third watch. Me too. Number three, Casio World Time. So freaking cool. It is. It's such a cool, weird looking, but fun looking <laughs> watch. I mean, it it's looks so like weird. It, it it looks like uh like a like one of the the faces you can download for one of those like Garmin's or or an Apple Watch like a like a a downloadable face because it's right. it's just it's got a lot happening and the so the bottom half is your digital readout with your time your am pm indicator your date and your day the top half of the watch has got a 24 hour um an analog looking readout with a with a three-hand read but in digital and then the top right corner is a world map and on that world map it has highlighted so it's grayed out and has has highlighted in black the time zone that you're observing on that digital readout, and it's a quick it's a quick uh, change from time zone to time zone. Um, and this watch, uh, as I've worn it, even non watch folks like it. Like they look at yeah. it and they recognize like that's that's a cool watch. And I have it in the in the silver with on the bracelet, um, and the bracelet is funky. Uh, I had to go to the YouTube to figure out how to adjust this bracelet <laughs> because because when Tutorial. i op- when i opened it up I, I i had an idea it's got the arrows and everything that you would expect out of a bracelet but it has um instead of pins basically keys that lock the links together and then when you pull that key out you then have to kind of like fold and bend and twist and the two links that i had to remove to f- make this watch fit are not usable anymore. <laughs> they are bent and destroyed. There's no reusing them for They're, if you sell it. No, that those are those are lost. Um, but nice thing about it's got a nice like a really steep. It's not a gradual taper at all. It's a it's an immediate. All all the taper happens in those first two links, and then it tapers down from, uh, I'd say about twenty wide, to, uh, fourteen probably at the bottom. Yeah, it looks to me like uh, it looks to me like a twenty. It might be an eighteen, actually. An eighteen at the lugs. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, but the oh oh right. So yeah, I think you're. I think it's about. Tw- I I would say it's twenty two, uh, twenty two at the top, maybe twenty four at the it, very top. And then it, it tapers down quickly and and significantly. And it's a it's a comfortable bracelet. It has yet to pull my arm hair. Um, it is cheap. It is. How much did you pay for this? Thirty two bucks maybe not much i it was so insignificant that i didn't ask my wife i just mentioned it in passing oh yeah i picked up this watch on amazon it'll be here tomorrow (laughs) um but it's a cool watch and it looks it is it looks good 
um it looks awesome it's a it's a fun watch to wear because it's just so quirky and strange um it's got the very square square uh face to it um like i said there's a lot happening on it but it's it's a cool watch definitely one worth looking at i mean you're paying less than a dollar time zone what it comes down to <laughs> less than i like that yeah. less than a buck of time zone. uh I, I think you'd be forgiven for thinking that this watch is going to be super similar to the f91w i'm holding them both in my hand um seeing pictures of these online if i put up pictures of these side by side i i think you'd be forgiven for thinking that these are the, going to be the almost exact same watch in your hand um the, the first thing I notice about these is that the world time is half again, maybe twice as big, ha, ha, you know, tw- twice as big an area. I mean, it's just a, a it, it's a modern size versus the yeah. F91W, it, which is really dainty. And I'd and, venture to say it's even a little big. It, it, yeah, yeah, perhaps it's got that square case. Mm-hmm. So so it winds up taking up a lot of real estate uh, on your wrist. But but super similar style cues as the F91W. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got both of these in that that painted resin or, or silver silver tone resin case. Um, I, I, you say a little big. I, I, I don't know if that, I, I think it work works super well uh, on my wrist. About a seven and a quarter. The dimension of the dial is very interesting. It's interesting, yeah, right? It's a it's a quirky weird watch for not a lot of money another thing where it's you're you're not gonna i i mean i wouldn't wear it to do yard work in um yeah no it doesn't feel bulletproof the same way some of these watches we've talked about no and it's a little bit more money than the f91 so i'm not i I would be a little a little hurt by destroying it because i'm i would certainly replace it um but a, a a cool digital watch that is if you're if you're into watches and you're looking at dipping your toes into the into the digital world um, another one with a weird light, but, um, but a good addition to your digital, your digital collection inside of, uh, inside of your bigger watch collection. You know, I, I know you, you don't like that bracelet, uh, and the bracelet's quirky and it's, it's light and it's jangly and, and manky, but I think it really works well with the, with the watch. It does. I, and I, I haven't yet put it on a nylon strap, but I, I don't know that a nylon strap is going to do this watch any justice yeah and and it's too it's too light and plasticky to put uh you, you know a more substantial bracelet on I, I don't know maybe a shark mesh or something we had talked about a milanese yeah uh might look good on it oh, but i think for what it is that bracelet that it comes on is almost perfect it, it's aesthetically pleasing yeah um, it, it does look good for being as cheap as it is and, and, and I did very little damage to it when I was resizing it, save for the links that I did remove. Those are dead. Those are lost. I didn't even save them. Those are in the garbage. Well, uh, I love it. Um, I, I think between the black versions and the silver versions that you see most often, um, I, I probably slightly prefer the silver version that you picked up, but I don't, I don't think you could go wrong with either one. I know, I know this gets called, called the Bond casino royale the casino royale that's right Mm -hmm. is that it is a tribute to a similar watch that is no longer in production and is uh when it when they do come up is is quite expensive also a casio i don't recall okay this is something we should know as hosts of your favorite watch podcast but we don't so yeah so us yeah 
Or don't. Maybe don't do that one. Don't sue, don't sue us, please. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, a, a cool watch for for what's it on Amazon at fourteen forty five in the black? Fifteen bucks, man! Cripes. Yeah, I mean it. It, and it, it says it looks, ten year battery on it too. It does right, right at the bottom, right below right below your readout. It says ten year battery. On the top of it, it's got World Time, and on the bottom, it's got Illuminator. I mean, it, it's. I'm gonna say that's a stupid thing to put on your dial, but to the extent that that's an actual feature, I'm stoked about it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if in 10 years it's still kicking. So episode 500. Something. No. <laughs> 500, 525. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I love it, man. Really cool watch. Um, it's getting a lot of wear. And, and the cool thing about this is as quirky as it is in the silver, it it will work in almost any environment I can I can wear it in. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know that you're you're ever going to feel weird in that watch. It, it is a little bit. It is a little bit of a throwback. The design is. Mm-hmm. So I think you, you've got it. You, you know, if someone is noticing your watch, they're going to notice that you're doing something with your watch. Right. And it, yeah. In the way of digital watches, it's it's probably one of your most um, dress upable. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, I don't digitals that. That, that are available on the market. You know, I'll be curious to see how it how it wears because I those painted resin cases. I'm a little bit apprehensive about how it, how it wears after sustaining a little bit of abuse. How long did you have your F91W before you marred the case on that thing? Sixteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, they're they're ultra soft. It's a resin case, and and that painted silver is just going to wear over time. I mean, every time you put it in your pocket, you're going to take off a micron or two of. Mm-hmm. Uh, a paint and then... I, I marred mine setting it down against a towel <laughs> on my tabletop to press the pin through yeah and i sent you a picture of it and you zoomed in you said damage i was like yeah apparently so in in on a on a towel against a table to extract the the pin you really got to get some nicer towels you should check out the options from kirkland yeah apparently <laughs> i have walmart towels they're so comfy but they're terrible for watches. Evidently. Yeah. All right. I think is that it? That's all of our digital watches. That's yeah. That's, that's everything that I have on my uh ex- my my Safari window here. So I guess we'll jump right into our other things. I've been on an audiobook kick because I spend so much time driving and I've exhausted the inventory of all the podcasts that I like to listen to. Isn't that the worst when you run out of podcasts? <laughs> it, it is. So now what I what I like <laughs> about audiobooks is one they last for a while, and two, it gives my podcast time to backlog, so I can watch. Like, I can watch, I can listen to two or three, because that's how I like to do it. I don't like to listen to just one podcast a week. I like, I like to listen to someone talk for my whole day. Anyway, a book I just listened to, Blitzed: Drugs in the Third Reich by Norman Oler, uh, published oh, yeah. in 2017, and what it it is the story of. Um, kind of 1920s to end of World War II drug culture inside Germany, and then with a special focus on drug culture inside the Third Reich, and then with a special focus on Adolf Hitler's use of drugs or other chemical substances throughout the course of his rise to holding and then loss of power inside Germany. And it was it was fascinating because I was always somewhat aware of the of the chemical induced uh, or the, not the chemical induced, but the 
the intoxication of German soldiers during the Blitzkrieg, uh, during the course of the war. That was always something that was kind of kind of kicking around in my brain. But this book exposed the full extent of, well, not, maybe not even the full extent, but a, offered a great view on just how pervasive the use of uppers were as a culture throughout the uh, the Wehrmacht or the Wehrmacht and then the uh, the high chancellery and what it comes down to is that Hitler was on like the, one of the most horrifying drug cocktails I've ever heard of Hitler himself yeah himself from through his personal doctor and it started out with just vitamin injections and then moved up to vitamin injections and opiate injections or maybe not opiates but but all kinds of drug injections um, and going back like, a little like bit. amphetamines right yeah like amphetamines. so that was how the the blitzkrieg uh when they were planning the operation they were told hey we need a drug that's going to keep you guys up for four days and the blitzkrieg was so successful because these tank crews were just hopped up on methamphetamines and could they, they could just fight and never sleep they, they the, the reason it was successful was because they just just drove like they just they did their thing totally uninhibited by normal human requirements and then they reached the limits of their advance and that's how i play call of duty man yeah i just just hit some <laughs> get some adderall in me and just go and it was it was absolutely fascinating to see just the depth of the of the the drug um facet of the uh initial german success of their invasions well i know that that's a phenomenon that's not unique to to the the german military or or the nazi german Mm -hmm. military it's something i you know i know the united states forces have used over time but it's crazy to think about uh the tactical advantage uh that can be gained by by these things that are kind of scary and uh of not having to sleep i mean they the 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 sentiment was drive as far as you can in these four days and then you'll get follow-on orders and they just kept going and going and going because they didn't require rest they didn't need it they were just hopped up and good to go and when they reached to the coasts they were they could go no further and they realized that they had just effectively conquered western europe because allied forces who were trying to respond to this assault were under this mindset was like you can only travel so far in a day you can only travel so far in two days and one of the stories they talked about was um this panzer division coming upon two or three bivouacked uh french and british infantry divisions and they just drove on through because they expected them two days later so they were just totally caught by surprise by the speed at which these tank divisions were able to travel across the countryside because they weren't sleeping. Right. <laughs> they were just moving. Crazy. Um, and then it goes into to Hitler's own own drug um, addiction, ultimately, that led to his health decline and ultimate suicide. Um, you, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have a ton of experience with, with uppers. I'll just leave it at that. But, uh, you know, I think that that sounds like just a crazy way to live uh and, and i know we do things for the purpose of of military endeavors but yeah interesting i'll, I'll have to check it out i haven't read it yeah absolutely get into it because it also talks about german drug culture preceding world war ii where germany was the number one uh consumer and exporter of all of these designer drugs that were being used throughout the entire culture uh everyone was using them 
Well, and even today, Germany, uh, Germany, and and you know, I think of Germany, Austria, Switzerland as as this sort of big group. But even today, a lot of pharmaceuticals are coming out of that region. So mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, read it. It's worth it. I think it's fifteen bucks on Audible, or use your next month credit for it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so I'll just uh, really briefly talk about my uh, uh, other things I've been into this week. There's a YouTube channel that I follow called This Old Tony. It's The, the subject matter of This Old Tony is really not all that interesting, if, if I were to tell you what it's about. <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's a machinist, and I, I think per, perhaps an engineer who does... Um, machining uh metal making things in his uh workshop and he makes these youtube videos about if if you looked at the the list of the things this old tony does they're not going to be interesting he makes metal vices and and clamps and machining apparatus uh and it's just uh, on paper not interesting at all but this guy is so hilarious and funny and interesting and his videos are really tongue-in-cheek and entertaining so my mom is a very typical mom uh someone who appreciates funny things but is not into machining you know she's, mm-hmm. she's not doing machining right uh, but i sent her occasionally these this old tony videos and she's very under she's entertained by them we've talked about him uh, his delivery is really tongue-in-cheek everything he does is funny uh his transitions are hilarious he throws in sort of gags that are um that are are make this this really sterile and technical subject matter interesting to a layperson i have almost no interest in machining i have almost no interest in the the processes and the things you need to do to machine but within that Within that context, I watch these videos and I'm consistently entertained by them. And, you know, us being watch people, I think, are are naturally inclined to know about these processes. But um, if you look at his list of videos, it's hard to see, you know, which one am I going to want to watch or which one am I going to be interested in? He's recently uh, made a set. He's part of the way through a set of videos on using CNC, like doing a DIY CNC setup. Mm. And he starts with a, um, what do you call the magnet drawing machine? I don't etch a sketch. Yep. <clears throat> he starts with a, you know, he he's using an etch a sketch as the foundational principle. So how how do I make a CNC machine that can draw on an on an etch a sketch? And, and really, an etch a sketch does the same thing most CNC types type machine CNC. An etch a sketch does most of the same things that a that a CNC mechanism will do. It's got an X axis. It's got a Y axis. You turn it. Uh, and, and so he's made this uh, or designed and engineered this CNC device. So he's walking you through how to do it. Uh, it. It's fascinating and it's interesting. And his presentation is so good that even if you have zero interest in the subject matter, you'd find the, you'd find the processes and, and his delivery fun and, and entertaining. Uh, I, I'm not going to say that you're going to maybe learn anything um, on a day-to-day basis that's going to change your life, but it's entertaining. Uh, it's entertaining in a way that me, as someone who doesn't care about this stuff, loves. So this old Tony, we'll put a link in the show notes like we do for everything. Um, check it out. I, I It's so weird. I know. I'm spending the rest of my day 
Uh, yeah, check it out. I mean, you'll love it. Uh, it. You'll love it. It's right up your alley because it is funny. He does, you know, like I said, gags and and the way he puts this information out is really digestible and fun. I like it. Yeah. It, uh, one of one of the things he 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 did that you might find interesting is he made a brass knuckle shop blower, uh, you know, shop duster with. Um, with Jimmy Duresta, who is this YouTube personality who who does a similar thing, makes uh, he just makes things. He's a maker. Dress Jimmy Duresta, I think, is probably the one of the most popular makers on YouTube, and he's turned his YouTube channel into this I don't know international phenomenon. But yeah, that's another good thing to like. Yeah. Also, Jimmy Duresta. We haven't talked about him. If you if you haven't checked out Jimmy Duresta, do it. Yeah. Cool. I got nothing else. I got nothing else, man. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Incompetech.com Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.